You can be seated. Praise God. We serve a good, good Father. Amen. Amen. He's a good God. Give it up for the worship team this morning. That was just epic worship. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Thanks for all you do. And give it up to uh, Janie. Put a, a small team together. I wish it would have been bigger, but a small team together to redo the children's church and the youth group downstairs. So give it up for her and her team. Can you do that? Thank you, honey, for all you did. And if you listen, you need to go downstairs and check it out. The children's church just looks amazing. And then we have a new youth group until that youth group gets downtown, which the contractor will be back in downtown a week from tomorrow. And then 90 days or so, they should be done. So we're excited about that. Thank you for all your, your prayers. And so uh, that's where the middle schoolers are meeting right now. So we have a good, good space for them, good space for the youth. A lot of, a lot of hard work went into uh, this week. So I hope the, the youth appreciate it. hope the church appreciates it. hope the children appreciate it. It's a great space. We'll try to get some pictures and put them up on the screen. But if you get a chance, walk down, uh, walk down there afterwards and just kind of take a look around. Uh, really, really, really looks good and so excited about what God's doing here at Grace Church. And so, so a man walked into a restaurant and uh, there were three ladies, blondes, sitting there and, uh, and another gentleman. And the man said, hey, do you want to hear a good blonde joke? And uh, the gentleman said, well, this lady over here, she's six foot and she's got her black belt in karate. Do you still want to tell the joke? And that one over there, she's 6'2", and she just won a gold medal in boxing in the Olympics. You still want to tell that joke? And the other one, she's 6'5", and she's, and she's a, a, a kickboxing champion. Do you still want to tell that joke? And the man said, not if i got to tell it three times, I don't. That was Janie's joke. She just couldn't remember it. Because <laughs> she's blonde. <laughs> oh, God is good. <laughs> All the time. Sometimes you just got to tell a joke. Yeah, I'm a German shepherd. <laughs> and I am a German shepherd. And so... Today's, so today's message, you want to strap on those steel toe boots for a moment? I'll give you just a moment to, to ask you, will you love me if this is all over? Okay. All right, thank you for those 15 of you that will still love me. We'll, we'll be meeting downstairs this time next week in the, in the youth room. Uh, God is good, right? All time, all time, God's good. Uh, thank you for coming out. But I have a real heartfelt message for, I think, not only our church, but just for church in general uh, today. And I want to share it. And I want to share it in a loving way. I'm trying to be the German shepherd, not the Rottweiler, but I, I definitely won't be a poodle today, okay? And so there's some things that I think we, we just need to, in the church world, we need to kind of reevaluate and reorganize. And, and I'll, I'll start off this way. Maybe there's an era of life that you kind of would like to go back and visit. You know, maybe there's, like in my wife's case, I want to speak for her, I, maybe this is true or not, but she loves Gone with the Wind, any Gone with the the winders that we that you this and so she would really like to go back to that era you know Charleston and our little uh, granddaughter Sayla she kind of has a Charleston type accent it's it's really cool and it reminds us of that Charleston and Janie loves Gone with the Wind I think she really likes that one line you know frankly Scarlett and so uh, <laughs> never yeah, some of you all think what does that mean? Well, you'll, you'll, when you get home, you'll say, oh, that's what he was talking about. So, but uh, there's different eras, and I, I kind of think I would like to go back to Acts, the second chapter era. Like, we have a friend, uh, Brian Zahn, who's come and spoke for us before, and he'd speak for us uh, periodically in our last church because it was a real close drive. And, uh, and he would sit around our dinner table. We would eat either before or after, and he would say, I wonder if Apostle Paul walked into our churches in America today if he would say, hey, where's the church? Like, what's going on here? It's, everything is 
kind of programmed and everything is just kind of laid out. You're on a time frame and you've got different stuff going. Or maybe, maybe there's a celebrity in town and half your congregation is over watching somebody else. Or maybe something else has taken place. And, and just it, it, all these things that, that take place and, and you kind of wonder like, wow, I wonder what I wonder what Paul would think. Well, that's the era I would like to go back to. I would like to see how the early church was formed because I'm going to say, man, what a church. And, and I don't want to as a, a pastor, a German shepherd, a pit bull, a Rottweiler, a Doberman pincher, definitely not a poodle today. I, I, wanna, I would like to think, what could we be that church? I mean, can, can we be a church that, that goes back to Acts, the second chapter, and says, man, that's the type of church that I want. So that's what we're going to talk about just today. It's a standalone. Next week, we're going to start a really cool series on being grateful and thankful. But today, you're here. I want us to go back to Acts, the second chapter for a second and just really learn what, what does church look like? Not the church that America's made it out to be. Not the church of Western civilization where, you know, persecution is, hey, one of our heirs is out and we got to wait till next week, you know. Or persecution is, man, pastor's not got donuts for two weeks now because pastor's tired of picking donuts up on Sunday morning. That's why we don't have donuts. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm the guy and Janie that stopped by a Krispy Kreme and picked up 10 dozen donuts. And we asked a month ago, does anybody want the donut ministry? Nobody said yes, so we're not going to have donuts until somebody picks up the donut ministry. Because right? I don't know if they had donuts in Acts, the second chapter. So stop being so spoiled and just grabbing a donut. Ooh, that's the German Shepherd part. Not, that's not the poodle. No poodle today. We got this golden doodle, and he just loves you to death. But I get kind of tired of it. I don't want to be licked. I don't want to be kissed by the dog. Are you with me? German shepherds, they don't kiss. They bark. So anyway, give a shout out to our online watchers this morning. Thank you, online viewers. You get to be part of this, and you can check out if you want. These guys can't, because I'm going to call them out if they get up and walk out. Sit back down. I ain't done yet. No, I'm, I'm just... So stand with me. Acts, the second chapter, verse 42 through 47. We're ready to go. How many is ready? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every, every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That sounds like church, doesn't it? I mean, that's, that's the church I want to go to. That's the type of church that I want to attend. That's the type of church that I want to give myself for and say, all right, Lord, this is the church that you planted. This is the institution by God because we have some people that have said, hey, I don't need church anymore. I got this ministry, or I follow this guy, or I watch this guy, or I read this guy. God, through his son Jesus Christ, instituted the church. Can you say Amen. This is not a good idea dreamed up by somebody. This is Jesus wanting to say, hey, if we gather together, let's do it right. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the church that you've placed, oh God, in possession, Lord, of your people, oh God. We pray today, Lord, that you open our hearts to be the church, to be the kind of church, Lord, that Acts the second chapter talks about, that we can walk it out day in and day out. We can be part of it, Father, Lord, together. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody in agreement said... Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the Word of God. So we call this message good news, but it's also the first point. Good news is that grace is for all people. Amen? This is grace. It's unmerited favor. We didn't earn it. There's nothing that we could do to receive it. So we got something that we didn't 
that, that didn't belong to us or that, that we didn't owe, we didn't deserve. Mercy is not getting something that you did deserve, okay? So grace is getting something that you didn't deserve. Mercy is not getting something that you did deserve. And so grace and mercy are critical to any church. And the church, when we talk about church, we're talking about the people in the church or in the building that make up the church, the kingdom of God, so that his word can be preached and taught. And that starts with good news, that mean, the gospel means good news. So when we decide that we're going to have church, we speak out of the gospels or we refer to the gospels. And the gospels refer to Christ because Jesus Christ, what? He brings good news, right? And this is why we want to know what the gospel says or the good news or the good book. And so we understand this good news is for all people. Grace is for all people. And so we get to the point sometimes, if we're not careful, that we just lean on good church people for a rally or good church people for an explosion or good church people for this activity or that one when it should be the good church people that are going out into the highways and the byways and the hedges and inviting people to come to church. A lot of times we lean on the wrong people. We should be a light in a lost and dark world shining the hope of Jesus Christ on each and every person. That's what the good news is. The good news isn't so that we can go. Have you ever gone to a buffet? Man, I, Jenny and I, like, it, man, I just want to go to a buffet. And we don't always, we don't ever go to buffets. And sometimes we get hungry for a buffet. And then we, we're done with the buffet. We realize that we, why we don't go to buffets. You see a bunch of stuff. And it just sits in your stomach. It's like, oh, I'm so full, but I got to have some of that bread pudding. And if we're going to have bread pudding, you got to have ice cream on the bread pudding. And the buffet we go to, they have these little tiny orange slices. I love orange slices. And I ain't talking about the real fruit. I'm talking about the coated and sugar kind. So I get bread pudding with the ice cream, and I get a handful of those. I use the scooper. The scooper's not big enough, by the way. So I use a couple scoops of that, those orange slices. I'm putting them in my pocket, and I'm going to take some home for later. And then, you know, you walk by, and I got to have that cinnamon roll. And I've already eaten everything that I need. I ate too much. And we just roll ourselves. I, at least I do. I roll myself out of the place. If I ever have to go to that buffet again, I'm going to die. Sometimes that's church people. They come in, and they get all fat spiritually, but they're never giving it out. We never give it out. We come in, we get, get. And then and if we don't come in hungry, then and the word's not deep enough for us. So I got to go chase this guy. I got to really, I need a word. Let me give you a word. Jesus wept. So if we're hungry enough, that should minister to us. And Jesus wept, by the way, because of their lack of faith. This book is full of good news. And this good news is supposed to be shared with other people. And sometimes we think, like, we, we only can get it by this means, or we can only get it by that means, or we can only get it by this person or that person. Or, Man, I just need this. And I'll give you an example because I think sometimes in America, we get caught up by celebrity-type people. And I can say this because I am far from being a celebrity. I mean, I got Converse tennis shoes on today, and I love it. I mean, I, not sorry, Jill, if you're watching. I had Under Armour on yesterday. That's our daughter whose husband works for Under Armour. And so I'm not allowed to wear other, but I got Converse on today. and That's old school. And I don't look the part always, but I want to be the part. Amen? And when, when Jane and I were in our, our previous church, we were... Uh, we were invited to a, a conference in Texas, and so we went, and we knew one of the speakers, and then we knew of another speaker, and the speaker that we knew uh, turned out to be a really good friend of ours. He introduced us to some guys that really became great, great associates and great friends of ours, really have helped us in ministry, and then the one's got a, a relative who is a big name, a big name preacher, and has one of the largest churches in America, and so we were telling testimonies and stories back and forth. And the one guy said whose church it was, and the church seats like 3,500. He knew the place was going to be absolutely packed because his, his relative was going to be preaching that night. And he said, hey, I'd like to give you the, the mic at the end of service and just tell, tell one of those testimonies and then close the service in prayer and then the worship band will take over and, and it'll just be amazing. I said, wow, that's awesome. And so it didn't hit me until halfway through the afternoon. It was a night service. It didn't hit me until they, 
they were giving me the mic to tell the story so that his relative could, could get off the stage and nobody would, you know, attack him because he's such a big celebrity. And I, and I was like, I think they're asking me to close because they want to get so-and-so off the stage. And Jenny's like, yeah, you didn't know that? Like, no, I actually thought they wanted to hear what I had to say. <laughs> I, I'm so naive on, on these things. And so, uh, we, like, dear Lord. And so we, we meet in the, the green room, and it's on another level, and we're going to take the elevator down. And, and uh, they, they have a whole, like, deal on what's going to take place. And I'm like, dear Lord, we've been doing this thing wrong. I, I really thought it was about Jesus. I didn't realize we had to have all these other other components. Honey, we got we're doing things wrong. Got, we got to make sure that we got a mailing list, and I got to have someone carry my briefcase, and we got to we got to make sure that we got an itinerary, you know, and all these things. And I'm just kind of making fun. Well, anyways, the the gentleman did a great job. And by the way, this particular guy, he's one of the most humble preachers you're ever going to meet in your whole life. We've had the opportunity to have dinner with him several times, and and just a super polite, treats everybody the same. Treats, I mean, he's a good, 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 good. guy. Guys, so I don't want you to think I'm belittling anybody because of his celebrity status. And so his brother-in-law gets up, and, and he's, gonna, he's talking about churches around the country, and he mentions ours. And he says, I'm going to bring up Mark Dolphins, and he's going to give you a testimony. And so he introduces me, and the crowd gives a nice, polite applause. And I know by now, because I'm slow, but I'm worth waiting on, he's bringing me up. So the, so the celebrity, the superstar guy, he can, he can walk off the stage. But the superstar guy, he's really humble, so he stands like right here and he's waiting like to hear what the testimony is and so I said hey in our church uh, we had a communion service recently and a message on healing you know we had a guy that came up and took communion his wife called the next day or maybe two days later and she was crying on the phone to to Janie and and uh, she couldn't understand a word and we know this guy was battling cancer and so it was like you know she's like called her by name what what what's wrong you know take a deep breath i can't understand you and she's just bawling and she after uh, after she calmed down she said her husband's name was mark mark has been cleared of cancer there's no no cancer at all so Janie's just like rejoicing and she's like, I know it happened through the communion service a couple days ago, but my problem is I don't know how to praise God. And so it's cool that she called the worship leader to learn how to pray. So Janie and her, they're, they're just praising God over the, over the miracle that this took place. And by the way, can we just praise God for a moment this morning just, just because he's worthy to be praised because he's a good, good father. He's a good, good daddy. And, and so... I'm, I'm telling the church that, and I kind of look over my shoulder, and, and the, the celebrity pastor, he's over here. You know, he's giving a, a courtesy, a not, maybe I shouldn't say he He's clapping, and then he, he slips away, and I, I start praying for the, the close of the service. And I thought, man, that was just so cool that God would do something in our church I could share with. There was three or 4,000 people there, and I could share with all these people on, on what God's doing just in, you know, a small town, which where our first church was. And so I, I get done, and uh, I think it was the worst team that was kind of closing. I come around and Janie's sitting over in this area and I come back around to, to join her. And a lady comes up in, in, a, in a wheelchair and like half of her leg is just missing. She's got like a, a flesh-eating disorder. She can't walk. Uh, she, she contracted some kind of disease. And a couple people, I think maybe a son and a husband, were pushing her forward. And she said, hey, I, I need prayer. Uh, I, I need God to heal me. And I'm looking around for the guy that was, that was speaking. And he's off the platform. And so I, I'm familiar, uh, a little bit familiar with the church. Not really. But I asked a guy who's standing over here who I know is a key leader in the church, do you mind if I pray for her? I mean, she wants me to pray, or do you have a prayer team? I don't have to pray. And he said, no, 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 she, wa she wants you to pray. And he was very gracious, so I called up Janie, because I very seldom will try to pray for any women without her or another person present. So Janie comes up, and, and I said, ma'am, can you stand? And she's, a, she's, she's uh, telling us about her, her, her situation. Is, is it possible to stand? She said, well, I can stand with some help of my son and my, my husband. So they, they're holding her up, and me and Janie, or praying for her, and she just went down under the power of God, and she could she could hardly stand, and and she may have just I mean 
I think it was the power of God, but she went down, and, and then it was just a, a moment or two later, she came up, and when she came up, she started jumping up and down. She started praising God. She said, I'm healed. I'm healed. And she looked down, and flesh was back on what this eating disorder was, and she was healed by the grace of God. It was just a miracle. It was just a miracle. And I thought right then, I, I need to start a prayer ministry and stale cloths, and that's a, that's a joke. <laughs> that's a bad joke, but that's a joke. I, I thought, God, that, like you chose not to use, and then you chose to use, and I was praying about it, because then a line developed. There was like 30 people in line, and then people wanted to get prayed for. And I asked the, the prayer leader guy, I said, hey, uh, I don't have to pray for these people. I mean, I, God healed her. I don't have the gift of healing. I don't have the gift of people passing out in my presence. I don't have the gift of slain in the spirit. I like to pray for people, but I, I don't have that gift. That was all God. And he said, no, these people want to pray for If you, you and your wife want to pray, we'd love to have you pray for them. We'll just be here for support. And afterwards, I thought, God, what, what? What is, what is going on? Why would you use us from a small town in Iowa in a large church in Texas to see this miracle happen? And God said, because I want to get all the glory. I'm tired of people chasing after other people and stealing my glory when he, when he wants all the glory. And I say that to say this. Listen, church, this good news is for all people. What do I mean by that? We all have the right, we all have the opportunity to open this word in a Bible study, in a small group, in a prayer meeting, to lay our hands on the sick, and they shall be healed in Jesus' name. You have that right. There's nobody different than you. There's nobody different in America or around the world. And churches grow around the world at a faster pace than they do in America because we seek after celebrity. I know that hurts. We seek after the guy that's on TV 25 times a week. We seek after the guy who's got the, the biggest Instagram account or the biggest blog. We seek after the guy who wears the nicest high-top tennis shoes. We seek after the guy who's got this and that, and we got to stop doing that. we got to start seeking after Jesus. He's the reason. He's the miracle worker. He's the person. So when we can seek after Jesus and we know that this good news can be shared with anybody and that grace is for all, then we don't pre-qualify people when they walk in the door. Well, you don't fit here. You're not our type. No, then we're a social club. Well, God bless them. They just, they just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe that's why Jesus loves us, because we don't get it. But we have to seek after him and run after him and chase after him. And when we chase after him with this good news, then we can say, yeah, this good news is for everybody. We've got the winning ticket, and we can share the numbers. And when we can share the numbers of the winning ticket, which is the good news, and we can tell other people, man, all you got to know is Jesus, and not force Jesus down their throat, but just say, man, I'll tell you what, i got a friend. His name is Jesus, and sometimes we just get, collect ourselves with church people at church events, and we get churchy with different things, and we wait in long lines to get to an event so we can see what this guy has to say, and all we have to do is open the good news because it's free for everybody. It's free and passionate for everybody. But when we recognize the good news, it turns then into goodwill. And the goodwill is truth can be learned by all people. So grace is for all people. And then truth can and should be learned for all people. So if grace opens the door so that truth can be taught, then truth has to be starting to learn. And if there's anything in each of our lives, in any one of our lives, if there's anything in our lives that isn't pleasing to God, then we have to deal with it individually. We should be the ones that say, all right, Lord, if my life isn't lining up to your word, then I change me. All right? And that's a good prayer for all of us to pray. And so we understand this goodwill. And by the way, there's kind of a fallacy, at least when I was growing up spiritually, I would hear on Easter Sundays at different places and through different forms of media that God turned his back on his son. He turned his back on his son because Jesus bore all of our sin on the cross. And I can tell you this, that in my way of reading the scripture, there's no way that could have happened. Sin will never split the Trinity. 
Sin will never interfere with God's love. And so God didn't turn his back. He embraced his son. And you'll say that what Jesus said, he quoted Psalm, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He only quoted the first part. I think he quoted the whole thing. And if you read all of Psalms 22, which he was quoting, the end of it says, but you are my victory. You are my belief. You are my lover of my soul. You are, are my God and my king. You are the one. And so if we're going to quote scripture, let's quote the whole scripture. And see, the, John, the apostle, says, I, I suppose that if everything that Jesus wrote about, if everything that Jesus did, if all the miracles that he performed were written in a book, the volumes of those the world could not contain. And so when we read the scriptures, we're just reading part of it. We're just reading a condensed version. And so although Jesus did say, my God, my God, more than likely he was quoting the whole psalm because he knows that his father would never turn his back on him. And if God would never turn his back on his son, God will never turn his back on you either. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never, ever say you're worse than, you're less than, you're no good than. You are somebody in the kingdom of God. We make others out to be more powerful. We make others out to be greater than. We make others out to be. But listen, every single person here matters in the kingdom of God. Every single person here, you matter. You are somebody. And we, we, we get in these places sometimes where we try to wonder who we are and what we are. And I... I, I I try not to, but there's some times where I, I have a bad week or two. And, and if, I have a, if I'm having a bad week, I, I try to go out into the streets and I try to I grab some engagers. They're kind of a modern-day track, and it's through every home for Christ. And I grab some engagers, I, I grab some groceries, and I go to some of the areas of town where maybe they, they need groceries or they, they need Jesus. And by the way, there's place, people in every part of every town that need Jesus, right? Like, Jesus isn't just for the poor. And Jesus isn't just for the rich. Jesus isn't just for the white. And Jesus isn't just for the black. Jesus is for everybody, right? And so to make me feel better, I'll go to different parts. And I was going to a uh, part of town the other day, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, and I just thought, I, I got to... I got to engage. I got to engage and pray for some people. And I was looking for somebody that I dropped off at a halfway house and he wasn't able to stay. And, and I, I've been praying for this person. But I got connected with these other guys. And, and they're, they seem really good. They seem like they're trying. And, and so I, 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 uh, I, I'm, I'm going over there. I'm just going to check on, see if th th this guy's there. I'm going to ask these other guys how they're doing. And one guy's walking down the street. And uh, He's an African-American, younger guy, maybe 30 or so. He's got some ear uh, buds in, and he takes them out, and he says, hey, pastor, because now they know that I'm a pastor, and sometimes I, I no normally do not tell people that I'm a pastor because I've been judged that way, and so I try to wear clothes that don't make me look like a pastor. I try to make, I try to, I try, I just... In, in this particular scenario, I try not to. And so he's walking down, but he knew me as a pastor because of a, a couple other instances. And, and uh, he's, we start talking. We hug each other. We start talking. He says, hey, pastor, how's it going? I said, good. I call him by name. And uh, we're talking, and we, we don't talk real long. And he says something just that just threw me back. He said, hey, pastor, thanks for having a conversation with me. Church, it ruined me. It's like, why wouldn't I have conversation with you? I mean, I just, I didn't, I totally did not understand. I gave him a big hug. We went up to the house, sat on the porch, and talked to two or three different people. And, and I thought, man, what? Why in the world? Is it because you're not accepted? Is it because you're, you're battling some addictions? Is it because you're in a halfway house? Is it because you're, you're just trying? He doesn't, this is not his community. He came here from another community. Why? Why? And I'm thinking to myself, and I'm thinking, this is part of maybe the problem of the church is we pick and choose who we talk to. We pick and choose who we minister to. We pick and choose who we invite. We pick and choose who we think are going to make it to heaven. We've been shame on us, right? And so we're talking, and then I, I go back a, a couple days later, and I talk to the gentleman again. And he says, hey, pastor, I'd like to, I'd like to come to church sometime. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. And I'm really careful 
I invite people all the time, but I'm really careful about not making that the topic. I want Jesus to be the topic. I want Jesus to be the center of, like, the, the whole conversation. And so, yeah. And so we, we see these guys again last week. And so I go out last week with three guys. And this same guy, we're, we're in the kitchen. We drop off some groceries. He says, hey, you got a men's ministry? I said, yeah, this is it. There's four of us. He says, can I join? You make five. Welcome to men's ministry at Grace Church. Janie says, you're the men's leader now. Yeah, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm the men's leader. <laughs> and we pray. And he says, I want to come to church. I said, all right, man. So our son Marcus used to lead people to the Lord. Then he would try to talk them out of their salvation. He felt like if he could talk them out of their salvation, then they weren't really saved. And so, I don't know. I've never tried that. You're not really saved. <laughs> yes, I am. No, you're not. Yeah, I just prayed with you. Yeah, you didn't really mean it. Yeah, I did. He'd make him mad. He'd make him almost backslide before they got saved. <laughs> so I was this way with this friend. I thought, you don't really want to. Yeah, I want to come to church. Can you give me a ride? I said, yeah, we can give you a ride. But, like, the 11 o'clock service is, is Different than the 915 service. I don't know if you want to come to, I want to come to the early service. All right. Well, our vans don't run then. Well, you have somebody to pick me up. One of our other men's ministers, he said, I pick him up. And so, all right, we picked him up. Well, he came today. He came to the 915 service. He's like, yeah. Like, that's a high five for Jesus. And he, and he felt accepted, and our 915 crowd did a great job of just loving on him. And we didn't point him out or anything. We just let him uh, just kind of fill in, and he came back after service. And I was talking to some, some of our leaders, and, and, he, and he waited patiently with the guy that was going to give him a ride home. And he, and he said, uh, he said, hey, I just want to thank you for, for inviting me. And I was like, you invited yourself. <laughs> I wished I could take the credit. But see, goodwill in good people shows off a really good God. And when you just are loving on people and not judging them, not, not you know, just like bashing them, not like putting their head in the Bible and making them suffocate with the word of God. But pastor, shouldn't we do that? I mean, I need to know what eschatology means and soteriology. And I need to know if, if the tongues have ceased. And all. No, you just need to know who Jesus is. Let's start with Jesus. That's a good place to start. You don't need to know when Jesus is coming back. You don't need to know if there's an Africa tribe from Jerusalem that lives in, in Murphy's, North Carolina. You just need to start with Jesus. And if you'll start with Jesus, did I say something wrong? Yeah, well, th that's me being me. I'm from the north. I, I have not ever learned how to candy coat it yet. Pray for me. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm not really... Told the first service crowd, the board may give me a call after this service. They still may give me a call after this one. Good will brings on good works. And when we, and, and, this, and this young man this morning gave me a hug and said, oh, I'll be back. If the, these guys will pick me up, I'll be back. Well, praise God. And what I'm saying is, I don't, I'm not, and I, Probably sounds like I'm patting myself on the back. Everyone here has a sphere of influence somewhere where you can show somebody who doesn't know Jesus goodwill. Are you with me? You, you, it could be the grocery store. It could be the supermarket. Uh, Janie closed the service, uh, and maybe she'll say the same thing. She's had people come up to the, her in the grocery store and just say, hey, could you pray for me? She has, they have no idea if she's a Christ follower. They have no idea that she's a worship leader. They have no idea she goes to Grace Church. She doesn't have the T-shirt on. She's just simply walking through the store. Ma'am, could you pray for me? I just sense the Spirit of God in you. That's God's good will in our life. We all have somebody that we can touch to share the good news. We don't need to gather a bunch of religious people together and go hear something that's just going to make us buffet fatter. We need to get out in the highways and the byways and share the good news with people that actually need to hear it. Does that make sense? <laughs> Pastor's on the soapbox today. I am. I am because I'm tired of it. If Apostle Paul walked in our church, would he say, you guys are playing the game pretty good. Maybe now let's actually go out and do the game. 
let's actually go out and, and reach people and win people. And so the good news becomes goodwill, and we should learn about what's happening. We should learn about how it. We should understand that God's whole goal in life is for us to be Imagio Dei, the image of God. So if we are the image of the creator and he'll never turn his back on us, then our full focus needs to be, I want to run towards Jesus. I want to run towards Jesus. And then that ends up with good deeds. So we have good news that comes into goodwill and then good deeds and the actions should be or could be taken by anybody, by all people, by everybody, however your English is. We should all be doing some form of good deed. We, we, we talk about things that we do. We talk about it. Now, I'm a horrible PR guy. I, don't, I, I, I have a hard time promoting things. I have a hard time talking about these different different instances or what needs to be done, but the only reason that we're setting up a downtown campus is to reach people who maybe wouldn't come here. The idea that we're having a Bible study in, in, the, in the parts of uh, Hickory that are less than desirable is because a lot of people, uh, even churches that are around there, won't go into the hood to minister. And so we're going to do whatever Jesus calls us to do, and that's not always pretty. I wish it was. I wish, I, wish that, I wish that we could snap our fingers and the whole children's ring was done and the nurseries were upstairs, but it's going to be about five of us this week that are going to be moving furniture around, and, and that's okay. I'm not complaining, but it needs to be more than five of us who are going into the streets and saying, hey, can I pray with you? Is there something I can pray with you for? It needs to be more than just a few of us that, are, that, have, the, that, that have this gospel on our shoulders because every single one of us is a warrior for the gospel. Every single one of us has the authority to preach the word to, a cho to, to chosen people who need to have it. So um, our son Marcus isn't here today. He's preaching at a church of 3,000. I said, really, what's the name of the church? He gave me the name. Marcus, I've never heard of that church. I know most churches of size, yeah, Papa, they're under the radar. He preached five times yesterday, and he'll preach three more times today. Eight times in two days, he'll preach the gospel. He's training people to go into the streets. Well, why? because that's the mandate, church. We're not supposed to just come into the, get our fill. Janie said a couple weeks ago, check our box and move out or go see the next latest and greatest. And someone's having a deal at the stadium. Someone's having a deal at the convention center. Someone's having a deal down here. The local church is open all time. We can't get people in. Just look at look look next to you for a second. Is there an open seat, and why is it? Is there an open seat? You got two open seats right there. Is there? Here's here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. What good deeds can we do to invite people in to fill a seat? Not till the seats are full, but just I'm I'm so. It'd be nice. I'm going to go poodle on you for a second. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated that celebrity people use church people for their events without helping churches fill up their churches with people. Shame on them. I'm going to say it publicly. Shame on them. They blow in. They blow out. They ask for an offering. They get a big offering, and they take it with them. And it's the local church that has to deal with the local people in the local economy so that they can say, hey, if you're hurting, I'm going to be there at 1 in the morning trying to help you out. Man, that, that hurt. I'm sorry. That didn't go how I wanted it, but it was good. Um, so Marcus is preaching. He's teaching. We, we, 16 months ago, as a board, we, we put him on loan with Every Home for Christ. So they have a mission to reach every home. We're, Jane and I are going to uh, a place in Texas in, in uh, January to, to talk to a guy who he himself, his church has planted 2,300 churches around the America and around the globe. And I, and I want to I I wanna, I wanna get us to the point where we stop being consumeristic and we start being evangelistic. Does that make sense? 
consumeristic. Well, if it, if, if it works for me, if it's, if it's a good time for me, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. It, it. Yeah, well, yeah, I can. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't like the new youth room. Yeah, can we go back to the old youth room? Can we, can we learn the fact that Jesus died on a cross for me and you, and our commission in life is to spread the good news? Can we, can we understand that that's what God wants us to do, that good news turns into goodwill, turns into good deeds, and you say, Pastor, you're not spreading a lot of good news this morning. I have that right. Once or twice a year, I have the right to sit us all down and say, listen, because here's the deal. Ezekiel 3, Revelations 12 says, if I don't share it, then the people who we've missed, their blood's on our hands if I don't share it. So here's the deal. When we go into the highways and byways this week, when we go into our workplaces, we go into our neighborhoods, we go into our grocery stores, we go into our wherever we go, we go into our local coffee shop. I'm not saying you got to open the Bible and preach them a three-point sermon. And I don't think you need to get real theological with people. I think we just have to show the love of Jesus Christ to people. And we can only do that one person at a time. Come on back, worship team. But if we do it one person at a time, when, when your person shows up, like mine did this morning, when your person shows up, something's going to flutter in your heart, and all of a sudden it all becomes worth it. It's like, man, God, you are so good. I, I was as amazed this morning when my one person showed up at 9.15 as I was when that lady's leg got healed from a flesh-eating disorder, just miraculously like that. It's the same God. So I, I don't think we need big, major miracles. We just need to share the love and the joy with people. Does that make sense? Am I, I'm hoping I'm making sense today. I know I'm rambling just a little bit. If we can just show God's love to anybody and everybody, God will show up. If we start chasing after different things, running here and there and everywhere. Put up that verse number 43 for a second, Anthony, if you will. 40, yeah. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Let me give you just a, a one-minute thought. Jesus said in Mark, the 16th chapter, that signs and wonders should follow you. When you find yourself chasing after signs and wonders, you've turned the scripture upside down. Now it becomes works. You're chasing after works instead after Jesus. Every person in this place has the right for signs and wonders to follow you. That sign and wonder might simply be showing up, somebody showing up that you invited. That sign of wonder might just be somebody that you're able to take a bag of groceries to that nobody else knows about. That sign of wonder might be someone that you're just able to give a car ride home or pick up to church. That sign of wonder could be anything. It doesn't have to be a major miracle. It could simply just be God's love that's working through you. Now verse number 47, and then we're going to close. Praising God, and that's us, that's church, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. That's the church I want, church. I think that's the church you want, too. But praising God, having favor, growing daily. That's us. That's what we need. And if we're not doing that, then maybe it's our fault. Would you stand with me right where you're at this morning? If you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands. I want to pray with you and for you, and then we're going to we'll sing one more song. Father, this morning, we're, we just wanted to be real, and we want to praise you, we want to have favor, and we want the church to grow, but we first need to know the good news is for all people. We need to know that goodwill is for all people. We need to know that good deeds have to be done to all people, for all people, that we can't single out people, we can't, we can't push aside people, that we just invite everybody, open arms. So, Father, help us Isaiah said, judgment comes to the house of the Lord first, Lord. Judge ourselves. Help, help judge us, Lord, to, to make sure that we're doing things right. Or that we're not just a club, a social club, 
someone that just comes in and checks off the box, someone that just says, hey, I want to uh, go to church and get it done with and move on, get something else. Lord, help us to passionately pursue you with everything in us. And Lord, watch our community full of drugs, full of poverty, full of addictions. Watch our community change once the church actually really understands the power that she operates in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship together. to open with this this um, last night and this morning. I just kept looking. I just kept coming back to that one, which would have been so funny because I would have opened with your thunder and I didn't know. So good thing I didn't open with it, but maybe it was just saying, hey, this is confirmation. This is same scripture. I kept going back to it, kept going back to it. Like, well, it's not really an opening, but it was what God wanted us to hear. When you, you know, the word says, when the Bible says, verily, verily, that's like you telling your kid, hey, listen, listen, listen. You do that sometimes, not just, hey, listen, listen, listen. You know, you do that sometimes. So that's maybe what the Holy Spirit was trying to say today, verily, verily, or listen, listen. So 
So that's a good word. So sometimes we just got to keep that in mind when you read that. He's really trying to get your attention. So um, I think that was really amazing. And let me just reiterate just for a moment. Pastor or none of us here, we are not against anybody doing anything for God. Anybody out there preaching and evangelists, we love it. We are so for it. We think it's amazing. But it's when we put that over God or I don't need to go because I went yesterday or I forsake this. You know, it's this, and I think the whole message is there's not a rock star in God's kingdom. Every one of us are exactly the same. He loves us all the same. You know what? I, you may have a huge following. It doesn't matter on your Instagram. I got more than you. It doesn't matter. Your job is just to share whoever you're supposed to share it to. If you're reaching one and I'm reaching one, that's what it's all about. It's all about the kingdom. And we constantly have to remember, Jesus has to be the center. And when Christ is the center, everything's in place and in order. But when Christ is over here and you elevate a man or a person or yourself, then we're out of order. So I think it's just so cool that, that God would just want to remind us today, it's about me. It's about my son. It's about him that's the only way you're ever going to get to heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. So it's so good to be reminded that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about him. But it's all about him. Amen. So that, that was kind of it in a nutshell, right? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God. And we need to keep that as our focus. So this week, when you are in the grocery store or you're doing jazzercise, Emily and Sarah love jazzercise. We're going to jazzercise later. When you're out here doing whatever your thing is, do your thing and just be you and allow God to use you because somebody might come up and just say, hey, would you mind to pray for me? I see, you know, you have a different walk. I can see you, you know, Jesus, so there's something different. Just be open. Just pray and walk away and say to God be the glory because our lifestyle is our biggest message we can preach. Your lifestyle, your action, your mode, your how you act around people, that's your biggest preach. That's, that's your testimony. So go be Jesus to the world this week. Let your light shine and let Jesus shine so bright in us. Amen. Father, we love you and we thank you that you are just so, so good to us. And Lord, we know that, that you love us unconditionally lord no matter what mistakes any of us and all of us have made because your word says all have fallen short of the glory of god so lord i thank you that i'm included in that all and i've fallen short of your glory but you love me just the same as you do every person popular not popular famous you just love us all and lord that we would keep you the center and the focus that we would build the kingdom not just the church, but we would build the kingdom of God and bring people to know who you are and fall so in love with you that everything we do, everything we say, and who we are is only about you, God, you, Jesus. We love you and we bless you. Pray blessings over each and every person. Be with them. Give them wisdom and knowledge and understanding in an awesome week. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all so much. We'll see you this Wednesday, 6 o'clock in the parking lot. for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.